0: Welcome to the Wolverine Digest podcast, the best spot for objective, authentic coverage of Michigan Athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest
1: opinions, and in-depth coverage of the Maize and Blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Black.
0: I just going to start by saying Go Blue. Go, go Blue indeed. Are we still Are we still flying high?
1: Oh, buddy. I'm flying real high. Oh yeah. (laughs) It just feels good, man. One, you know, getting one felt really good, but getting two in a row and doing it on the road and doing it the way it was done, that just feels like you can't, you know, there's no, Oh, you got lucky. Oh, the weather. Oh, this, but there's none of that there. There's none of that there. This was just, and we'll get into it later, but I think this speaks to where the Michigan football program is. And I, I think I said it a lot on Saturday night when we got on the uh, the podcast at Wolverine State Brewing Company. Man, this this program is in a uh, in a much better place than it was two years ago, and it's it's incredible. There's no doubt. Shout out Shane Johnson. Donate hey. money before
0: we even start the show. Um, <laughs> a couple points up there, you know, talking yeah. about the rivalry in Michigan's favor. First time in a very long time. Yeah, the intimidation factor of Ohio State is gone. It's gone. gone.
1: You know what's funny is. I called you pregame before the team was even out there and I was walking around down there on the field and you asked me, I remember you you said, so like what, you know, what is it? What's the vibe right. down there? And I, and I remember specifically thinking like, I'm sure it'll be different when it's full, but it's, it's, a, I, I didn't feel right. like I was in this place where it was like, holy shit, there's no way Michigan's going to get a W in here today. I felt very, very, very confident, borderline cocky walking around down. There. Screon coming through in a big way a monster dog
0: right there blue heart appreciate that yeah shout out Cade McNamara man I mean we put a couple stories up about it look you know I think Chris and I for a long time
1: before we get too deep into it it's one of my burning questions so I don't want to spend too much time on on Cade McNamara now but yeah I, I agree that since it's brought up we should touch on it a little
0: there, there's there's never been any anything other than you know admiration and respect for what he did. I, I think it was just always about thought JJ could could take things to a new level. That was all yeah. it ever was. I mean, there yeah. was never any Cade hate. It was just it was a football thing. That was it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah Screon, pre I mean, that's huge. LFG. Incredible. You're right. We're gonna do a TFG here in just a little bit. <laughs> so we will get to that. But thank you. Thank you so thank many you.
1: TFG options, man. Yeah, so many. We, I, I've had to change mine up last minute.
0: We went through a few. Uh, we went through a few different possibilities here as we were kind of ramping up and get ready to start the show. But, uh, yeah, we'll get into that here in just a little bit. Chris, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because it's it's honestly not something that you or I do.
1: Is it your torso? I, uh,
0: I don't want to spend a ton of time on my torso here. <laughs> that I, I promise I'm not going to spend a lot of time on my torso here. That was the same exact tone I just said that with. That's same awesome. Tone. I was
1: That's getting, awesome. like,
0: PTSD there. <laughs> it happens every once in a while with YouTube. Pulled it out pull it out. It it's, be not, it's us. So it sounds like us. What a concept, right? So, uh, AJ Cooper, again, if you guys could just stop giving us money for just a, no, minute.
1: no, no, don't say that, Brandon. Come I'm kidding.
0: Yes. Yeah, Brad McGregor had a couple really nice plays. The deflection that he almost turned into a like walk-in pick six would have yeah. been otherworldly. I mean, that's yep. like, you know, guys, you'll see that like twice a year in the NFL from guys like TJ Watt and like, I don't know, name some of Miles Garrett or somebody, name other, some, yeah. you know, some other all pro. And he almost pulled it off. So, yeah, big guys. I, I, I have to say, guy. because
1: Adam Molnar has just brought it up, we heard warms the cockles of the heart multiple times At today during the press today. conference. Jim Harbaugh's cockles were on fire this you afternoon. You know
0: what's going to happen? I'm gonna. That's gonna be the new like 2.0 drop version because it's way clearer and louder than the one that we currently have. I, I mean, I've played it a lot, but here, here's what we currently have, Chris. Definitely warms
2: the the heart.
0: If you remember, <laughs> if you remember, we used to do all the media availabilities outside during COVID and it was hard to hear all the time, and that's yeah. where that one came from. Now we've got a nice indoor, loud, crystal clear version of
1: That's my favorite thing that, you know, he, he oh, says yeah. a lot of things. He's, you know, yeah. once you, I think once you get to a certain age, there's things that you just go to. There's there's some repetitiveness there. I've even caught myself doing it with my kids every now and then <laughs> uh, warms the cockles of the heart is my wow. favorite. Jim Harbaughism by far. It's strong.
0: It's real Trump, strong. Very J.K. Strong. is now a legend. Started his week and against everyone. Michigan against everyone sweatshirt. Quoting the stars are a lot. I mean, dude, it's.
1: And I don't know, did did anybody else notice that in his press conference, he was wearing the the beanie that said 988 on it? And 988 is the number of wins they now have after beating Ohio State. Uh, so he was wearing that hat and I was trying, what's the significance of that number? Probably should have mentioned that earlier, but yeah, he's been speaking that into existence for uh, for a while now.
0: No doubt. No doubt. So what I'm going to spend just a few minutes on, Chris, is the recruiting, the little boon in recruiting that Michigan has had yeah. over the last few days, and I don't think it's a coincidence that all four young men hail from the state of Ohio. Now, look, I want to point this out, and I want to be very, very clear. None of these guys have an Ohio State offer. I get it. I get that. That's, that's, that's understood. That's accepted. That's fine. But if you read some of the quotes from Luke Hamilton, who's the 2024 lineman, who is the biggest name recruit out of that group? The other three guys, Brian Ishmael from Cincinnati, four uh three-star athlete, 6'4", 220 Cameron Calhoun, the three-star cornerback out of Cincinnati, and Jason Hewlett, who committed today. I think he's borderline three, four-star athlete, also 6'4", 220 out of Youngstown. Then you've got Luke Hamilton, who's a four-star offensive lineman from Avon, Ohio. He's in the 2024 class. If you read some of his quotes, and again, this is not a you know, Chris and I don't dive into recruiting all that much. We'll do it a little bit here, a little bit there. Bigger story stuff we'll focus on, but some of the other outlets have put some quotes out there about Luke Hamilton, where he said we went to. by, by the way, I think three or maybe all four of these guys were at the game on Saturday as Ohio State recruits, yeah. so they didn't have offers, but they were on the board, they were interested, and there was some re- there was some reciprocal interest. All right, but Luke Hamilton said. You know, they didn't give us a lot of love. For years and years and years and years, Ohio State goes after who they want nationally, and they feel like they can swoop in in the final hour and grab anybody they want from Ohio. That shit's over. That's that's over, especially if Michigan's on the other line saying, we really want you, and Luke Hamilton's been a big-time target for a while. I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't know a lot about the other three guys. Two of them were former Cincinnati commits. Obviously, there's some turnover, you know, there now with Luke Fickle taking the job at Wisconsin. But I think, you know, I'm not going to dive into each guy specifically, but Chris, I wanted to get your opinion just on the fact that all four of them are from Ohio and at least two or three of them were on hand in the shoe on Saturday. I don't care if there's an offer on the table or not from Ohio. That means something
1: yeah it absolutely means something and I and I think that uh you know what else means something uh 12 and 0 means something and winning two straight against the Buckeyes means something and being in the playoff hunt means something and it's really nice to just see you know Michigan start to build some momentum on the recruiting trail and and reap the fruits of of some of the you know what's going on on the field and we've talked about that for a long time that For everything that Michigan offers in terms of facilities, the big house, you know, all the history that comes along with playing at a program like that, at the end of the day, most of these kids that are out there, they don't know much about that. If you're an out-of-state kid, it really doesn't resonate with you too much. The only thing that resonates with those kids is success and winning and culture, and they have built that in Ann Arbor, and so I think this is just the start of... You know some big time recruits that are going to start to filter into uh, to Ann Arbor here over the next several weeks. They've just they have built something special there, and, and you know going back and, and thinking about some of the things we talked about in terms of how important culture is and how important you know having a, a different mental makeup is. These guys all have it, and I think that there are kids on the outside looking in that say, "I want to be a part of that. I want to come and be a part of that."
0: There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Uh, a couple, and I, I just want to say I
1: have seen some people. Um, referencing that the nine eight eight is, is the, uh, the, is it suicide prevention hotline no, or something no, like that? So yeah. that might have something to do, the, the sack, the stigma that, that makes sense. Cause JJ was wearing that sweatshirt. Sweatshirt. So maybe that's, you know, what that's in reference to, but I will say that nine eighty eight is also the number of wins that Michigan now has after beating yeah. Ohio state. So again, worlds colliding worlds better. colliding in better the better than best. when Georgia's worlds collided.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, Shane Johnson, thanks again. Yes, Ben Herbert was praised and then praised and then praised some more today by Jim Harbaugh, yeah. by Mozzie Smith. Um, I mean, all year we've heard great things, but specifically today, Jim Harbaugh actually. How about the handshake
1: made... story. How about that handshake yeah. story with Ben Herbert? Incredible. I, would,
0: I, I felt I'll put that up right. I need to put that
1: up. <laughs> probably should. I was actually I was looking through the camera lens real close at Jim. And he was very animated. What did he What did he say when he was talking about how I Ben Herbert was staring straight into his soul, almost like
0: he's like I, I have to look away. I, I have, have to avert my gaze. Yeah, he, my gaze. I'm gonna put that up. That'll be up tomorrow at some point. You know, Harbaugh tells hilarious story about Ben Herbert's magical handshake or something. I don't know. We'll 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 get it out there. But he had some really good stuff to say today. Um, really a crime against humanity. I'm gonna put it out there right now, Chris. Jim Harbaugh spoke for 28 minutes today and much of it was gold. And we're only allowed to use five minutes of it on video. Now, Chris said it earlier. Well, you better get transcribing because yes, you can go through there and type out every single word and put that in a story. It does not slap the same way as seeing Jim Harbaugh speak it, tell the stories, the mannerisms, the body language. It's a shame that we can only use five minutes. And that is a Michigan only rule. There is nothing out there that says they have to limit that to five minutes. It's dumb. I don't even know what the reason is for it, but anyway, there it is. So we'll put a little bit of a little bit of that up tomorrow. Um, Jim Harbaugh said that he nominated Ben Herbert for the Broyles award, which I'm not even sure he's actually eligible for. He can't. He's not eligible. Yeah. He's not an on-field coach. That's just, that's incredible. That's an incredible Jim Harbaugh story. And all those guys will tell you, all those players, all the staff people will tell you that Ben Herbert is a massive part of what they do. Uh, Lee Brandon also with a, with a quick donation, TFG on the Fox big noon kickoff slurping OSU before and during halftime, the whole crew, the whole crew was gobbling. (laughs) everything well, that no, i State. didn't hear it
1: was it was it that i mean obviously I, oh, I, I can watch the game yet i didn't hear anything coming over a broadcast so i that mean bad, urban
0: was huh? like he was well, i mean not surprised did i see was,
1: what did i see correctly that urban was wearing a gold chain in in the in, in the pregame did i see he had a big gold chain around his neck
0: seven and oh probably is what it said for him but I heard today that they were like, you know, people are like fire Ryan day. He's 45 and five. I, Listen, I told
1: you, did I not tell you after that game, you were going to see people calling for his head and sure as shit. There are a yep. lot of people within that fan base. Even some analysts saying it might be time to start to look around. That's wow. That's wild.
0: Shane again. Thank you, sir. Mike Barrett, uh, arguably MVP on the defense. I mean, I know Mike saint still had the huge play. I know, uh, uh, Mike, yeah, Mike Sanders still had the huge play. Will Johnson logged the third most snaps of any corner, every any player on the team, and did a phenomenal job against Michigan, uh, Ohio State's fantastic receivers. There are a lot of guys who made some big plays. Mozzie Smith played a, a career high in snaps. Jim Harbaugh talked about that today. So, but yeah, Mike Barrett with the 11 tackles planted the flag. Rod Moore was all over the field. He's a second year player, he's an Ohio kid. He was Lathered up before the game, dude. I told you what he was running around saying. It's not safe for work. I'm not going to yeah. say it, but it was loud and it was vulgar and it was repetitive. And it How was about what
1: Donovan Edwards said after the game when yeah. he came running back on the field? No, I can't well, say that. Yet.
0: <laughs> I talked about that a little bit on uh, on Saturday night. At, those poor, like Ohio State clad like groundskeepers were just like you know had to listen to Donovan running around yelling. Yeah. It was it was phenomenal. The whole day and night was phenomenal. Incredible. That's incredible. incredible. Uh, let's see. I think there was one more, two more chain again. Mike Sanders still started the fourth quarter of the defense. This is where the natty starts. He's incredible. Legendary status, multiple guys reaching that point, that point, um, dude, Cornelius Johnson. I mean, that's a guy we haven't given a lot of praise to this year and he showed up in the biggest way on the biggest stage.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I remember specifically saying during a couple of our shows, name big plays that Cornelius Johnson has made throughout his career. And there, there was, it was hard to really find any. And then on the biggest day, the biggest stage, the biggest game of the year, Cornelius Johnson, I mean, comes up big time, big time. Those two touchdowns, I mean, completely changed the whole dynamic of that game um, along with Colston Loveland, obviously, but incredible afternoon for him as well.
0: So, looking through the comments, yes, Woodson had a three and O chain on. Uh, Urban Meyer had a seven and O chain on. They were talking about at halftime how you know Michigan was in trouble. Ohio, you know, they took Ohio State's best shot. They're just barely hanging in there. Well, it turned in a hurry, twenty eight to three in the second <laughs> half. Um, and listen, I mean, look, to look, to be fair, to be fair, listen, man, Michigan was losing at halftime. And if you had asked me before the game started, that because it felt different once you were in the game. But if you had said Michigan's got 10 rushing yards at the half and they're losing, there's no way they're winning that game.
1: No way. No, no, but you know what? You know what they did? And it was it was exactly what I thought they wouldn't be able to do against Ohio State. Yeah. Jesse Minner and that defense allowed three points in the second half. Three points in the second half to the Ohio State Buckeyes, who average over 20 points a half per game in conference play. And so There's just there's so many, there's so many facets to this and so many different angles you can take. And and it was, and I think Jim Harbaugh, you know, you could kind of get a sense of it in in the way that he was talking about in some of the videos that came out from the locker room afterwards. It truly was a total team effort from special teams, offense, defense. Everybody had a role to play and they played it well. And and that goes to show Michigan's clearly the better team, the better program. And I don't even think there's a doubt at this point. And it almost feels like kind of like being in a dream that Ohio- that Michigan is in this place where this conference belongs to them now. I know they've got to go and play eight and four Purdue, and Purdue's going to have something to say about it. So we can't crown Michigan kings of the Big Ten quite yet. But damn, that that win sure as hell felt like they. You know, not only did they plant a flag in that block O there in the center of the stadium, but I think they planted that flag in the center of the big 10 conference as a whole and said, we are here. This is our conference. And I can't see that changing for the foreseeable future with who they have coming back and what they've built there internally. This to me does not seem like a short-term thing. That's going to go away after a year or so. I think this Michigan program is going to be a force for a while.
0: It feels like it. It really, really feels like it. I hate, I hate to even sully it with this comparison. Ohio state won 15 out of 16. It feels like it's completely flipped. Like Michigan is now about to go 15 out of 16 is crazy. I get it, but it feels like Michigan has the significant upper hand. Like Ryan day is now scared of Michigan. Those players are scared of coming to the big house. They're like, shit, we can't even beat them at home. They just beat us by 22 points on our field.
1: I don't want to look too far ahead, but what do you think the big real. house is going to be like when they come there in 2023? It is going to be like, everything has flipped It's, and, it's so and, real. Yeah. It's it, it to me, it, like I said, it just feels like a dream and I, I, I still go back through and I look at the photos and I, I look at some of the footage that I captured from Saturday and, uh, and we talked about it a little bit when Ohio state went down on that first drive scored a touchdown I immediately thought, okay, here we yeah. go. This is this is how the game is gonna go. But going back to that mental toughness, the mental makeup, JJ McCarthy was obviously incredible. Those guys just never when when it got tough, Ohio State folded. When it got tough for Michigan, they just bowed up and they kept playing and they kept coming at them and kept coming at them. And after a while, you could tell it was wearing on Ohio State. They were not yep. prepared for a full four quarter fight. I think they thought Michigan was going to go in. They were going to throw a couple of haymakers and the Wolverines were going to lay down. And that did not happen.
0: Not even close, not even freaking close through the drive home. We're both just like that. That really happened. That happened. Chris is putting his window down, yelling at people. I'm like, no, let's not yelling air at, air at air.
1: people. Well, well no, the, we had the windows down. We were, we, you know, we were kind of just taken in the atmosphere and you could hear, you know, there were a lot of dejected OSU fans that were, they had all kinds of commentary as to why, there whatever. The guy, happened.
0: There was a guy walking. He's like, that was a, this was a terrible game. Ah, that was terrible. And Chris puts his window down. He's like, that was a phenomenal game. Just, I mean, like, yeah, it was
1: a great game. Just a a great great game. game. It was a great
0: game. All right. Quick shout
1: out. Before we do that, can I say something about Ohio State and and Columbus? I've heard, you know, how awful it is down there and how terrible the people are. And granted, I really wasn't in the mix of a lot of things. But generally speaking, that did not seem like a scary place to visit. I mean, we walked around the stadium. We kind of took in the sights and sounds and. Uh, this, this whole aura of, Oh, if you go to Columbus, you know, don't, don't take your kids. Don't do this. Don't, I didn't get that at all. Like I, after that experience, I would, I would take my kids to the shoe to go watch another ass and I just didn't get the sense that it was a dangerous place. I enjoyed it from just from a fan standpoint, you know, seeing the, uh, whatever the Brutus the Buckeye you know that was the first time I'd ever see him in person like holy shit like there it is like it just you know the
0: the game like it was yeah
1: man all of the history and, and all everything that comes along with with college football that you don't get at the pro level to be able to be in that stadium and experience that it was it was incredible
0: yeah, it was it was a hell of a day. Beautiful day. The flyover senior day. I mean, it had everything. It had everything you want in a massive college football game. The most watched game in like a billion years, by the way. I'm sure you saw 17
1: that. million. Unreal. Unreal. 17 million.
0: Yeah. So crazy amount of people had eyeballs on that one. And what a better outcome for the most watched college football game <laughs> in like three <laughs> decades or whatever it was. Yeah, we'll take unbelievable. That. We'll take. That. Uh Big shout-out to Wolverine State Brewing Company. We showed up there at, uh, I don't know what time, 8 o'clock, after 8 o'clock, probably. like, 8.30,
1: yeah, by the time we got back.
0: They were super accommodating. There weren't a lot of people there. We kind of wondered. You know, it was a long time after the game. We had to drive all the way back to Ann Arbor, so not a big turnout in terms of people, and it was already kind of, you know, shutting down a little bit. But they were super accommodating to us, fed us again as usual, tons of good beer, gave us, you know, full – dude, we pretty much go in there and, like, run the place now. We're moving – we're moving – You know, velvet ropes out of the way and walking wherever we want to. We're using plugs over here. I'm knocking over dishes. We're doing whatever we want. And uh, that's just the kind of place that is. So go in there, get you a beer, get you something to eat. You will never be disappointed at Wolverine State Brewing Company. Chris is, I mean, it really is like a sec, Chris, you've got your clothes hanging up on the wall there.
1: Yeah. I mean, half of my closet's hanging up, uh, on the wall in there. Right. And then, you know, some, some shirts that are in there had the beer in there for a little while. It's just, yeah. I mean, it, it speaks to, um, food's good. The beer is good, but the, the people that work there are even better. And I think it just makes the overall experience, um, you know, one that, that, that there's a reason why we partnered with them. I recommend it highly.
0: Didn't mean to put up Dan General's comment. Tuck Bowen. No, he's not. Five and seven. Not just bowling. earning a cool two million dollars per win. Awesome. <sighs> Meant to put up this one from uh Shane again. Thank you for the donation. JJ's 19 yard scramble, touchdown run in the third, running over and through guys, you know, breaking tackles at a at a you know stout 190 pounds. He just the dude wanted it. He wanted it more than anybody else out there and like it showed the, the, you know, counted for four touchdowns. We're going to get into that in just a minute. Ohio state didn't want the smoke, dude. They did not want it. It was pretty, you know what it takes me
1: back to. It takes me back to that sit down interview in February where we had JJ Donovan and Andrew. And I asked him specifically about Ohio state and he kind of put his head up and he said, he took a deep breath and he said that one, that one's real personal to me. He's like, obviously you want to win every single game, but that one you want to win more than the rest. And
0: And it goes back to the recruiting trail for him specifically.
1: Exactly. And then then I asked him, I pressed him on it a little bit. He was like, well, you can go into the archives. You can read about all that. And it, you know, it began on the recruiting trail, but you could tell that, you know, you remember Justin Fields comment in 2019 where it just means more to Ohio state, that game, there's no question that meant more to the Michigan Wolverines, no matter how much smoke they were trying to blow in the skull session about all the shit they had to put up with for 365 days that game meant more to the Michigan Wolverines and it showed, it showed on the field.
0: No doubt. Well, the final score was obviously 45 to 23. Chris did pick Michigan to win, but only by six, 37, 31 underestimated them. And I'm a complete dipshit. I had Michigan losing by 10 for, I'm going to pick them to lose every year now, because when I do that, they win. So I'll, I'll take partial credit for that. But (laughs) look, man, I, I even when I look back on it, still, I've watched the highlights, I've watched the replays. I've I, I, I even tweeted about it a little bit ago. I I fully admit I hardly ever watch the offensive lineman when I watch a game, like, I just just not where my eyes go. I watched, I kind of watched back a little bit and looked at what was on Donovan Edwards' two long touchdown runs. Zach Zinner was an absolute animal, part just, of the course, dude, an animal, perfect, absolute perfect form absolute perfect execution not to take away anything from Donovan Edwards because once he got out into the open field and was galloping like a thoroughbred it was a thing Dude, of I, but I feel like almost any back with any sort of anything could have done that I'm not I'm not trying to take away from him I'm trying to give a lot well, of credit to Zach Zinner sure, and Olu sure. and that O-line and the work that they did I mean if you go back and watch those two plays specifically on the 75 yarder it's a double team between Olu and Zach. And then Zinner peels off and gets the linebacker. And there's no, I mean, Donovan Edwards is scoring 90 yards out in flag football on both of those. It was incredible. And the yeah. same thing on the 85 yarder. It was just Zinner like grabbing another full grown, large athletic man from Ohio state and just pushing him like a shopping cart. I'm going to put you over here. Here you go, Blake, run right off my ass. Boom to the house. I mean, it was dude, dominant. Dominant from that O line in the second half.
1: Dominant from the O line, but wh- here, here's what I'll say about Donovan Edwards. When you're watching him from the field level, I don't know if it looks different from up in the press box, but it looks like his there's like springs. It, like his legs are spring loaded when he's right. Like I've never seen you can go uh, the dude can just move. And there there was a point where like he broke off to the outside and he looked and he could see that there was a defender that was, that was in pursuit and he like flipped it on and just, it almost looks like in the video that I speed it up a little bit and that's just actual speed. That's him running that guy. You know, I put up a stat about a stat about, you know, he's, he's the only now the only Michigan football player in history to have a pass over 75 yards a rush over 75 yards and a reception over 75 yards. And he is just getting started. He is a sophomore. He missed a lot of this year with battling different types of injuries. Wasn't able to have the impact that everybody thought he was going to have for most of the year. When when this dude gets healthy and he gets a full season to do work, he's going to be a problem. Big, big problem.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm Bra- if I'm Braylon Allen and I really want to transfer and I want to go somewhere, I'm like I'm on the I'm on the next flight to Ann Arbor right now.
1: <laughs> right now,
0: let's be the one-two punch: Edwards, yeah. Allen, JJ. Dude, I hope the offensive linemen, the ones that can come back, do. I mean, that's that's the thing with a guy like Zinner. We've talked about it before. He's good enough to play in the league. Like right now, it's just, he plays guard. It's not. It's not the sexy left tackle edge rusher quarterback like you know that those dudes if they're on a draft board they go early because they get drafted high guards like the best guard in the whole country might not get drafted until second or third round like that's just kind of once in a while there's a there's an except uh, an exception to that but yeah anyway we, we got lots of time to talk about all that after the season let's continue to roll through some of these predictions that we talked about on friday jj mccarthy will throw for a touchdown and run for a touchdown i uh, thank you <laughs> I got that one right. And it sure was good. He could have he could have done a lot more. I mean, I feel yeah. like.
1: Yeah. I feel yeah, like I
0: said like not take them away, but like think of how easy the drives were when Donovan's going for 75 and 85. Not a lot of work required by the QB on those ones.
1: Yeah, and I and, and I don't want to get too far off track, but I think we we talked a little bit about it um, Saturday post-game and I do think that um, As much as you don't want to see it happen, I I do think that Blake Coram's injury had an impact on the way that, you know, the way that Michigan went about their business on the field. And I think it did kind of force them to open some things up a little bit, let JJ do the the types of things that we've all believed he's capable of doing all year long. Uh, And you finally got to see it come to fruition again, biggest game of the year, biggest stage of the year. Uh, And to see that type of performance, I mean, and Jim Harbaugh said it today during the press conference, multiple guys, Became Michigan legends uh, with their performances on Saturday. Donovan Edwards being one. JJ McCor- McCarthy, of course, being another. Um, just a lot of guys that stepped up, played their role well, and contributed to. You know, somebody asked him, "Is this is this the biggest win? Is this the biggest rivalry win in, in rivalry history?" And, and I can't remember exactly what Harbaugh said, but he didn't say no. I think he was basically saying, you know, it's one of
0: my burning questions. We'll get to it, and I'll we'll give that Harbaugh quote. But yeah, it was it was pretty special because he doesn't do stuff like that very often. Uh, Chris hopping out there to get the uh, audio issue fixed, and I'll wait for him to come back. The ne- <laughs> this next one is so is so bittersweet. I mean, and not even there's not even really a sweet part about it. It's not even the right way to describe it. It just blows because Blake Corum wanted to go. He certainly tried to give it a go. He started the game. He played five snaps. He carried it twice. Just didn't have it in him. I thought, it, I think we both thought Chris, like if he's going to put the uniform on, he's going to be out there. Yeah. It, it just didn't happen. I, I put the number at, I said, he's going to play at least 40 snaps. Dude, he only could play five. That's a shame. All the work he did up to that point. And then he just couldn't, he just didn't have it in that game. And that sucks. Um, but, you know, he, he's a big reason why Donovan Edwards is as good and as fresh as he is at this point. I know he was hurt. He's dealing with the hand issue, obviously. But Blake Horum, uh will will go down as the biggest piece of the offense this year, even though he didn't play
1: in that game. And that sucks. I, I, I don't think Michigan's 11-0 going into that game. I, I'm, I'm I certain they're not 11-0 going into that game without Blake Corum. And so, yeah, the fact that, that he couldn't go after giving it a shot, I just think that really speaks to – you know, what, what he's dealing with. And, and he's, you know, if not the toughest guy on the team, I mean, show me another guy that's tougher. Show me another guy that works harder than Blake Corum, you know, sucks that he couldn't go, but you know, you could see there were images and video of him sitting on the sidelines. And for as much as he wanted to be out there and be in that game, he was also thoroughly enjoying watching his teammates go out and eat. And, and that again, It speaks to the culture that's there. This is by any means necessary. However it needs to get done, let's get it done. A lot of selflessness on that team, and it just shows up every single Saturday.
0: No doubt. I also thought that in his return, Luke Schoonmaker would be a large part of the game, and he wasn't one catch for 15 yards. I thought he'd have big catch. It was a big catch. It was a big catch. Yeah, obviously the the jump pass from Kalel Mullings, it was a massive play and play call. I thought that that's I didn't even think about that. It wasn't even from JJ. I thought he would be like JJ's security blanket all day in that hospital. Cornelius
1: was the security blanket.
0: What yeah. <laughs> catch for Scooney? I, I I found myself trying to figure out why the hell he didn't play. He had a little tiny sleeve on his arm and a long sock on. I'm like, is he, Why was he out? Was he hurt? Like what? But well, not a huge day for him. But obviously, he's a huge part of the offense. There's no doubt.
1: Colson Loveland probably has something to do with that as well. That, that kid. uh, And again, during the press conference, you could hear it from, from Jim Harbaugh, as far as like, you know, Colson would go out, he makes a touchdown grab. And then rather than celebrate, he's running to go get on the, the, the special teams, the kickoff team unit. Like the, the kid is just, he's, he's one of those guys that Harbaugh really, really likes. You can tell he's a, he's a guy that just whatever, whatever needs to be done, I'm going to go and do it. And uh, a true team player and, one of many that are on the loves, roster. Loves ball,
0: loves, loves ball. ball, true you know, ball player. Yeah, Harbaugh. I I did a couple plays. He said that one, and then there was another one where he had a deep go Press route get, and it was, yeah. he sprinted back to get on the punt team. And they're like, Colston, you're good. We got it. Like, and he's like, No, <laughs> you know, like that's a true freshman, dude, doing that. Set that there. There's your next wave of culture builders, potential team captain kind of guy, showing the young dudes how to do it and come along. I mean, yeah, Jim Harbaugh. He said so much good stuff today, by the way, not one word about Purdue, like almost nothing about like the actual, and I know they do that in postgame, uh, like actually in the stadium, but not really like a ton about the plays and the things that led to what happened in Ohio state. It was just like praising his guys. It was a lot of praise for the dudes. And he went down the list of a bunch of them and it was really good stuff, but it's funny that it was, you know, we're 5 days away from the Big 10 title game and he didn't even say a word. I, I don't, don't think, think
1: anybody he, asked a question about it. For- nobody asked.
0: Yeah, it just didn't come up. All right. Number 4. Um Mike Morris won't record a sack. He was still hobbled. It was clear. Yep. He was in there. He had a tackle. He logged some snaps. Clearly st- still not at a 100%. I think he's the guy who will really benefit from the time between the Big 10 championship the college football playoff but mike morris a little less productive than normal because he's still a little bit dinged up
1: yeah not surprising at all we talked about it um on the friday show i you know and and it was it's not insider information it's not you know it, it was purely visual and what i could see from him saturday um against illinois and and wondering you know when you're that hobbled how how much can you recover over the course of a week and thought he would give it a go, but yeah, clearly he's still battling through something, and I totally agree. Don't know that he'll be at 100% uh, for the Big Ten championship game. I think he's going to be in a lot better shape than he was for Ohio State, and then certainly when and if Michigan gets to the college football playoff. I think Mike Morris will be back and ready to go at 100%. And and Jim Harbaugh credited, you know, the um, the not just the training staff, the medical staff, staff there at the University of Michigan, how much time Blake Coram has spent in there, how much time, you know, Mike Morris has been in there. They have got a top flight staff there. So if there's anybody that can get these guys right whether it be for the Big 10 championship or the college football playoff, it's those folks in Ann Arbor.
0: No doubt. And last but not least, And I, 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 unfortunately it, it, no, fortunately it didn't happen. I thought it was going to be worse. I said, Ohio state was going to lead by at least seven at the half. It was only three, but Chris, you and I both talked after that first drive, we were like, Oh boy, this, this, this looks a little rough, but again, credit to Jesse Minner, the defense, the, the time of possession, I mean, everything just ended up working. It just started, you know, Michigan was kind of like picking up this steam. And then before you knew it, they were a runaway train downhill. Um, Yeah, 20 to 17 at the half. So Michigan really bowed up after that first very impressive drive by Ohio State and, you know, kept it close and then obviously blew them out in the second half.
1: Yeah, three points in the second half in Columbus with an offense that is, you know, quote unquote, high powered offense with a guy like CJ Stroud out there slinging the ball and, you know, the, the types of receivers that they had to hold that offense to three points in the second half again. Jesse Minner, this Michigan defense, even without Mike Morris, without your sack leader with, you know, they just it's 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 reload. It's you put another piece in and it works and it is a total team that they have built. And that's why I think I don't just think they're going to win the Big Ten championship this Saturday. That's why I truly think this team is going to be a tough out in the college football playoff. I don't care if it's if they got to face Ohio State again, if they got to face Georgia, if they got to face TCU, if Bama gets in at this point. I'm so confident in what Michigan is and who they are. I think they can beat anybody. I truly believe they they can can. beat anybody in the country.
0: They absolutely can. There's no question. Uh, They just proved it. They just proved it. You beat that team that badly on their field. Anybody. Who wants it? Anybody can get it on any day if they're playing the the way they played. And they really only did it for a half. That's the crazy thing. They really only put it on them for a half and still won going away by 22 points. Unbelievable. All right. Big shout out to rich and media escapes as always. Hey, this is rich from media escapes located in Burton. Let me fill you in a little bit about our business. We are a full service sign and graphic company from banners, yard signs, to vehicle wraps. When it comes to marketing your business, we also provide video and photography services as well as apparel and promotional items. If it's something that will make your business or organization stand out, we do it. And I guarantee we do it well. We are Mediascapes on Dora Highway, south of Bristol Road,
1: just before Rock Bottom. Check out our work at Mediascapes.com. That's Mediascapes with a K.com.
0: Mediascapes with a K.com. 810 410 4737. Rich and the, and the whole crew over there at Mediascapes. Uh, Chris is currently paying rent at the building. Um, so, you know, he likes what they got going on. Be. Yeah. Um, just great, great people. Rich, his brother's name always escapes me. What's his brother's name? I'm not, I'm not was, sure. Yeah, I feel bad because they're all... I know Rich
1: and Emily. Them. Rich and Emily are yeah, the two. Like yeah. So, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. We deal with Rich and Emily much more. His brother's more like the back of the house dude, kind of making
1: everything go. Behind uh, the scenes, yeah. getting shit done. Yeah.
0: Outstanding people, terrific work ethic, and just anything you need, uh, like we've been talking about. Literally, always.
1: that's the thing. You need shirts made you need a uh, a cotton candy machine you need a dj you need whatever it is call them they have it they do it and and rich just as a person i mean this is a guy who you know he wears a lot of hats in his life and does a lot of things. And every time you pull in there, there's like a new contraption or he's getting ready to go out to Montana to like shoot some sort of, you know, remote, like wilderness thing. Like this guy is all over the place. He does some incredible things. And again, anytime you can get around people like that and you can kind of put your two heads together and come up with ideas. I just, there, there's so much value in what they do and who they are that um, I encourage anybody, anybody who's looking to start something, start there.
0: I was being like an, I may have said this earlier in the season, but I was being like a dumbass. One of the times we were out there and we met him and I, we were talking about like, Rich, how do you do all this stuff, man? Like what? A, he had like a, a duck hunting boat outside. I'm like, dude, that too. And then I was like, Hey, Rich, like being, being a smart ass. I'm like, Hey Rich, you think you could show me how to climb a mountain? And he's like, yeah, actually oh, yeah. I, I could, I could do that. And I'm like, all right, well, I, I don't, I don't have anything else. That's it. So anything yeah. you need hit up your boy, Rich, Chris, are you yeah. ready? Let's do it. Oh boy! It's everybody's favorite. <laughs> this f-ing guy. It's everybody's favorite. Uh, I'm gonna may go may first, be Chris, may. because mine's yeah. like this guy. smaller, more specific to the game, but an absolute boner of a moment, dude. <laughs> just what are you doing, G Scott Jr.? Get the blonde dreads out of your ears. Get back to the sideline. Just runs up and full bore headbutts Rod Moore in the face. I don't even think anything really happened. Like, I've kind of looked back at that play. It was like he just lost his mind for a
1: moment. And credit to Rod Moore, by the way, for not nothing. responding at all. I am not that type of person that, that could nothing. take that and not respond. Rod Moore took a shot to the head, did nothing. All Rod Moore did was this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, not only was it a stupid play, it was like six inches from a referee. He was yeah. like right there.
1: And it wasn't that it how was, it ended up isn't that how it ended up first and thirty five. There were like a couple penalties there. Is that is that is that the play? One of the personal fouls that led to that?
0: It was no, this Michigan had the ball at that point.
1: Oh, Michigan had well no, because no, Miller was, was out. uh
0: No, you're right, it was. Yeah. It, yeah. Both penalties were enforced. There, there were two bowling. penalties
1: enforced, and then Ohio yeah. State was like first and thirty five, yeah.
0: Michigan uh, Michigan was on defense. Obviously, Rod Moore was on the field. That's right. There was holding on Ohio State. And they had just had a big play on that play, too. They got a first down, but there was holding and then a dead ball penalty. So both of them were in force. Thirty, you know, twenty-five yards of penalties, just like that. The ref tried to back him up even more. He said half a distance to the goal, and I'm like, nah, not, that's not quite that far back. But yeah, they went from being like in Michigan territory to being on like the thirty on the other side. It was incredible. Incredible play.
1: Yeah. Uh, I Here's the thing. Let it, I, let it fly, dude. Let it. I'm fly. not sure where I'm going with this though, because there were well, there were a couple there were a couple different ones that we discussed. There was one that I had selected, and I'm like, this is going to be my guy. Even had a video ready for it I got until. It. What's that? You you got the video ready? We do have it. Yeah. Let's let's go to the tape. Let's go to Brian Hartline in the skull session talking about. What it's been like for Ohio State, and this is a little session that they do before the game to sort of rally the troops and get everybody in, you know, hyped up. Right? This is like 10
0: a.m. game day. This is like two hours before right. kickoff.
1: 10 a.m. game day. Here's Brian Hartline and what he has to say to the the. You know, are they in a gym? What the hell are they in? I don't, I don't even know what they're I in there. They were- yeah, I think um,
0: the basketball games are played. I don't remember. But know. addressing
1: the crowd and basically talking about what it's been like for Ohio State over the last year having to deal right. with uh, that loss to Michigan in 2021. Roll the tape, Brandon.
0: It's like the, the Aldi Arena or the Art Van <laughs> Furniture or something or, you know, Circuit City Arena, probably something like that, whatever the hell they call it over there. By the way, Brian Hartline's beard looks like one of those fake ones you put on at it. Does. Halloween.
1: Well, that's par for the course over there with the Buckeye uh, coaching. There
0: you go.
2: 365. 365 days since that, that Godforsaken day in TO North. For 365 days we've heard them talk. For 365 days, I haven't watched them attack our head coach, attack our quarterback, and attack Buckeye Nation. Instead of instead of getting loud and trying to respond on social media, we got quiet. We circled a date on the calendar, November 26, 2022. And we went to work, we went to work. And we knew what we did in the dark, what we do, what we did in the quiet, will someday come to light. Today is that light. Now, now, we can't back step right. These are warriors behind us, and they're going to feel us on the field. Let's make sure they feel y'all too. This needs need to be the loudest, most violent, hostile environment the shoe has seen in 100 years. From <laughs>
1: listen, okay, listen. in a hundred years for 365 days we've had to listen to them attack our coach attack our quarterback attack, I, like I, to me we talked about this before we went live what it really felt like was it all felt forced it felt yeah. like creating a false narrative like yeah fans online talk shit but i haven't heard anything really from the michigan football players and in fact if you really want to dig down deep into it a lot of the talking comes from the ohio state uh, ohio state side of things if some of the videos that come out from the locker room some of the antics there But at the end of the day, I just thought that that, you know, that entire speech, I just felt, you know, what's done in the dark will come to light and it's going to come to light today. And it sure as shit came to light, but not the way that he uh, he anticipated. I just thought that that was a uh, a clown performance there from Heartline a little bit. (laughs)
0: All he was missing was a yellow Leotard, dude. Like, oh right, brother. Here's what we're gonna do. Here, brother. He was being Hulk Hogan out there and he couldn't even get his words no, out. But right. here's but here's the wow.
1: unfortunate part, Brandon. Here's the unfortunate part. He's not my TFG. He's not my TFG. <laughs> because we had a late arriving uh contestant, and once I read what he had to say, I'm like, this this effing guy this Sorry. fits this, this fits TFG guy. to a T. It's one Mr. Tom Izzo, okay? So the the Big Ten finally comes out. I think they find Michigan State $100,000. They publicly reprimand Michigan for not having the appropriate, you know, security uh, assets in place to make sure that things like that don't happen in the tunnel. And Tom Izzo proceeds to go on an oh, epic crap. rant where he plays victim, which is par for the course for Tom Izzo. I can't tell you how much look as a, as a person as an individual I'm sure he's a great guy hold but on as a coach <laughs> hold on Tom
0: has something to say I'll get him I'll get him out real quick hold on okay no, all
1: right I, nope, I can't I, listen i can't I can't stand the guy I just i can't and, and listen here's what it is he said he was disgusted by what the big Ten did he said he's not happy with it and then he finalized this he said but it doesn't surprise me. I've been here a lot of years. I've seen a lot of things. I watched it happen to Mark D'Antonio when they went after our Spartan head. I don't even know what that means. Like, not surprised, doesn't surprise him. He's been here for a while. How many times have you seen an incident like that occur? I just, I, I guess I don't understand the confusion from Michigan state side as to why there's so much more severe punishment. On the Spartan side than there is on the Michigan side. Did anybody else not see what occurred? And if you want to blame the tunnel and you want to blame sort of like the logistics of it all, that's basically what the Big Ten did. They said Michigan needs to do better. That can't happen again. But as far as what happened, the conduct inside of the tunnel, it's pretty damn clear. And for a guy like Tom Izzo, who's been at Michigan State for a while, to pull out a comment that says, Yeah, well, it doesn't surprise me because I've been here for a while and I saw it happen to Mark D'Antonio. How many times did you see a Michigan football player attack a Spartan with their helmet going up a tunnel? Like it just, to me, Tom Izzo is clown number one, TFG number one. And anytime he speaks it's on something like guy. this, this guy, I always find myself saying, like, what? what is wrong with this dude? Can he just be quiet? But he's always yeah. got a big opinion about something. That's Tom Izzo. Like I said, I'm sure he's a great guy personally in his personal life. Would probably not have guy. any issue with him. Same with Mel Tucker. Maybe. sure? And I don't know. I probably wouldn't like him, to be honest.
0: I think some people are just dicks. I, I mean, I, you know.
1: <laughs> Well, I'll, you take the sport element outside of it, you know, and you take the rivalry stuff out of it, and a lot of people are just, you know, they're just. <laughs> I was going to say regular decent people, but you know, I mean, there, there is some of that too.
0: All right, yeah, no, I, you know, covering covering different games over the years, and you you see, he just does things that I just can't believe that like he thinks are cool. I don't know, I. I know a lot of his former players, you know, go to go to bat for him. They love the guy, but he is quick to throw his own guys under the bus. He is quick to blame.
1: Whines. He just yeah, whines it's just a lot. Always, it's he whines. Always. Like, you watch him coach a basketball game. He's halfway out on the court half the time. He's, he's just an agitator. I find him irritating. He complains and whines a lot. Not a big fan. Not, not a big a
0: fan. fan. Yeah, not a fan. All
1: right. And for that reason... He's my TFG, but, but, but Brian Hartline, close second, close second with that this skull f- guy. No doubt. I just did that. Brian dude. Watching Brian Hartline talk
0: and cam bab talk and Ryan day talk was just what's it, done in the
1: dark. will come to light. Beautiful. And it's going to come to light today.
0: There it is. <laughs> our favorite photo. Ooh. Some of our favorite folks on the planet. Michigan Army National Guard over there at Grand Ledge, yep, Rosie, yep, yep. a Black Hawk, two Dinks. <laughs> I mean, you can't beat that photo, and you can't beat those people. And we've talked about it all year long. Uh, I mean, at this point, dude, it's I. I don't feel like I'm ever going too far, but I, I just I you know the things we say about them. I think you just need to go like experience it. I don't yeah. know how, how like how good we do explaining what we think of those guys. That's where no, I'm at after doing no, this. No, but here's
1: here's what I will say. Here's what I will say. Uh the the work um that that we're doing with the Army National Guard is not going to end after this season and I'm just going to put this little tidbit out there. I'm just going to put a little nugget out there. We're not done with the helicopter experiences quite yet. And we'll just leave it at that. We're not done with the helicopter experiences just yet i think you got something bigger and better coming on the horizon so stay tuned for that that's all i'm gonna say
2: that's your big boy
1: <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect need to use more big
0: boy need, need to, to, use to use more tim <laughs> allen
1: that's what i would have that's what should have played after uh-huh. heartline got done speaking like eh?
0: <laughs> yeah Heart, brian brian I would like to have a sit-down interview with Brian Hartline and Tim Ta- Tim Tim Allen. I call him Tim Taylor. Tim the tool. No, man. He is. Tim Taylor. He is he is. Tim Taylor forever. Forever and ever. Amen. All right, here we go. I, I will eventually replace this the heart. with a louder, <laughs> more audible cockles of the heart drop from today's press conference. But for now. That will have to do, Chris. Dude, I got so many burning,
1: burning questions, questions. I got an extra burning question. So wow. maybe I can start it off. I know we go five. I've got six burning questions. Let me let me get it started just because I've got one extra. I like it. I'm going to come out firing right out of the gate. Burning in fuego, on fire. Brandon Brown is Michigan, an elite football program.
0: You son of a bitch! You <laughs> and son of a bitch! I actually, I actually had that one, and I got rid of it because I think we asked it. I think I asked it in a different way, like a week or two ago. But now that it's now that the game's over, it's in the yep. books, and I think it is worth visiting again. Yes, yes, dude. Two years in a row, beating Ohio State the way you beat them. They're about to be
1: with the Bama's. Games with 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 all, I mean, you're talking upper echelon of college football. Michigan is there now. They're in that. Yes. They're in that world.
0: Yes. I mean, like, Bama kind of did it in a way that we've never seen before. Like, you know, winning every other year a national title. They're almost, like, not this year, but they're almost kind of in a tier, like, by themselves. I mean, like, you don't want to hear that because everybody wants Bama to like. Only people that like Bama are Bama people. Everybody else wants them to lose all the time. But they're they're the, they're the gold standard. They are. But right under there, there's a few more teams, and I think Michigan is in there now. They're in there. It's going to be two years in a row in the playoff, two years in a row winning the Big Ten, and two years in a row punking Ohio State. That's elite. If Ohio State's elite and Michigan's doing all that, they're elite.
1: There you go. And I, and I, I think it's as simple as this. If there's how many programs in the country do you think you can define as elite? Five, maybe? There's, there's what, 130 some teams? Bama, Georgia,
0: Ohio State, Clemson, and they're fading. And I think Michigan is the newest entry into that group.
1: Michigan is an elite football program. I know they haven't won the national championship yet. I know they still have a Big Ten championship game yeah. on the horizon. Listen, doesn't matter to me. Based on what they did in Columbus, they're 12-0 and 0 now. That doesn't happen often. You compare that to what they did last year, they have built this program into an elite football program. I'm 100% confident in saying that.
0: Damn it, Chris! Don't bring up the national title thing because they're the only one that hasn't won one out of that group I just named. So okay,
1: well, just give give, give it a month.
0: Yeah, this year, all right, give it a minute. All right, just, I like that. I like that, answer. Chris. Depending. We were there. You were down on the field the whole game. I was down there for a quarter. You came up to the box. We were, we saw it all. We saw the action. We felt the vibe. We felt the energy. How was a couple
1: of hot dogs at halftime?
0: Just slurping down glizzies, dude. It's fe- <laughs> By the way, oh, pause.
1: Oh, God, are we gonna go to the condiments thing here?
0: Dry ass hot dogs for Bryler up in the booth.
1: I can't do, listen, I can't do ketchup. I can't do mustard. I can't do any of that bullshit. Just put it on the bun. let me let me get it do work and then get back down on the field it felt like I was watching a Rottweiler
0: eat at the t- at the dinner table. It, I, I didn't know what was happening. All right talk. Chris, we were there. We saw it all. Is that the best Michigan game of your life?
1: Uh, there's absolutely no question that that's the best Michigan game of my life. Now, a close second, a close second would be the 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 under the lights game in 2011. Okay. That you know the the finish, the way Denard Robinson got the team down the field, the way that it ended, Musberger on the call, Robinson to Roy Roundtree. I can't believe this. The, the referees in the throw, like everything about that game to me that's always resonated as like one of the, the 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 top games of my lifetime but being in the stadium experiencing that seeing it firsthand and and going into it thinking what i thought might happen and then seeing the way it actually played out Hands down, greatest football game I've I've ever witnessed, whether it be on TV in person, could not be more grateful that I was there to see it in person.
0: I'm sorry, your your point was very good, but Bryler the Rottweiler really got to me.
1: <laughs> just give me hot dogs. I don't, even, you know, I, I do need a bun. I can't just go straight. And it a bun. But then,
0: the Rottweiler, it's fatali- that's fantastic.
1: Maybe that's what goes on the flight helmet.
0: Ooh, that's your that's your call sign. Rottweiler. That's
1: Ooh. Good.
0: Ooh. <laughs> That's good. I think it is the best game. I know they won a title in '97. Like, I mean, obviously that's you know that's the last time they were the the top top dog. But that performance, that second half, the big plays, the domination on the on the opposing field in the shoe with those stakes, two versus three. I, I mean, I mean, it's not even close to the best game I've ever seen in person. Like, that's a no doubter. Yeah. But in my lifetime, I think it's up there as well. And Jim Harbaugh said. This is the quote that I referenced earlier. They somebody asked him, you know, you've been around a long time, you played here, you coached here, you've been around it. Is that is that the the best game you've ever seen? And he said that's it's one of them. He said and there's been a lot in 143 years and that's one of them. And there's yeah. there's no question, dude. It was incredible to watch that thing play out that way, especially in the second half, dude. Just magic.
1: magic. And on the road, hostile territory. Yes like it was just i know there's been some great moments that have happened at the big house but it it seemed like michigan was going into a buzzsaw <laughs> and early it felt like that the energy was off the charts you know the things they do with the sound in the stadium it was just, that's what it is it's rap there it is the right Rottweiler. there um but but the, the energy was off the charts it just felt like it was i can i can see why ohio state doesn't lose there very often yeah um, and and for Michigan to win as convincingly as they did, yeah, hands down, the, the best game that I've ever seen. Um, that's whether it be point. on TV or in person,
0: that's a good point you make. I heard more than a couple of people, you know, biased, unbiased, Michigan, whatever, you know, both sides of it say exactly what you just said. I can see why people why why no one wins here, and I can that's see tough. why five star kids from all over the country come there and commit on the spot.
1: Yep. It's a
0: it's a it's a place, man. It is. It was
1: electric. It was it's electric until Michigan started beating yeah, the that, shit out of them.
0: <laughs> it was that way, and then, oh, guess what? Michigan beat your ass by 22 in that place.
1: And then it got real quiet. It Especially. got real quiet. But for a minute there, it was pretty damn electric. Uh, all right, my question number two, and and this is something that we've talked about um, for a while, for a while uh, throughout the season, but I'm going to ask you now, now that Michigan is 12-0, and 0, is Michigan's style of play no longer a concern for you?
0: how can it be how can it be when they're 12 and 0 11 and 1 last year punk ohio state two years in a row they're going to win the big 10 title game barring some meltdown they're going to have a better shot in the playoffs this cuz the team is better it's the same it's the same scheme the same philosophy but they're better at it and yep. yeah how can you how can you doubt it
1: yeah I, you know i, I <laughs> that's where i'm at we spent the first but, look, but listen, but listen, oh, right, go ahead. finish your thought, finish your thought.
0: That was JJ's best game through the air all year by, by, by far, you know, b- multiple big plays, three touchdowns through the air. We wanted that melded with that. Like that's what we've been, that's what we've been clamoring for. And you got it and look what it looked like it was here's the thing
1: i think they've tried it it just wasn't connecting it it was connecting in columbus on saturday and i i think that's probably the big difference you 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 know you connect with andrell on some of those deep balls or you you know you don't miss on some of those plays and and then it starts to look similar but here's here's what i'm gonna say the first part of 2021 spent the you know good half of the season hammering the table that Michigan has got to open it up. They've got to do this. They've got to do that. And then in 2022 did the same damn thing. Michigan's got to do this. They won't be able to beat Ohio state. If they keep playing this way, I think they've got to change things. And at this point, I just don't, I don't see there's any way you can question it. It might not be the sexiest. It might not be the most exciting all the time, but damn it. They're 12 and 0. they're doing it on their terms. They're doing it their way. I don't think you can question pretty much anything Jim Harbaugh does at this point. He's earned that with the way that this program has performed over the last 12 weeks. And that's going to carry over into next season until somebody proves that the formula doesn't work. There's no need to question it anymore. He's, he's proven it works and it worked pretty damn well Saturday. That's right.
0: That's right. It did a big reason why it worked that way. At least in the second half is because of one Donovan Edwards. (laughs) Just just watching that dude run down the field is a a thing of beauty. So it's clear everybody knew it. He just, as a freshman, he's behind Hassan Haskins and Blake Horm. As a sophomore, he's behind Blake Horm. Like, it is what it is. It's clear he's that dude. He is that dude. He's got a busted up hand. He didn't have that. He's one of the best receivers on the team. He's one of the best backs on the team. He's an athlete. He's fast. He's big. He's vision. I mean, he's the whole package. There's nothing he can't do. He also had maybe one of the best blitz pickups I've seen all season in that game against Ohio State with a busted up hand. He's that dude. Blake Corum, also that dude. At this point, though, Chris, with the Big Ten Championship game looming, but then almost like three or four weeks until the playoff, do you just put Blake Corum on ice at this point? Tell him to, look, man, we we know you can you want to go we know you would tough it out long term maybe depending on whatever your future holds it's probably best to just set it down right now donovan can can handle the load is that the best approach at this point
1: i think the best approach is it depends on where blake quorum is at in in his health and in his recovery and if if he's at a point where he can go i think he should go but you know granted he couldn't go for the second half of the Illinois game. He got about, what, two series into the the um, the Ohio State game before it five was snaps. two series, five, five snaps, yeah. before he couldn't go for the rest of the game. I just – same thing I thought about Mike Morris leading into this game. I don't know how much can you recover over the span of one week to truly be effective in Indy. Now – the college football playoff, that's a different story. You've got a few weeks to prepare for that, a few weeks to rehab, and I think if if his knee is telling him that he's he's able to do it, then I think he absolutely should play. But I will say this. If Donovan Edwards can stay healthy – you can rely on him as a feature back. There is absolutely no doubt about it. And any doubts that anybody had before Saturday, they certainly don't have it now. I mean, he practically only had one hand out there, yeah. and he looked unstoppable for the entire afternoon. So if, if Blake Corum, you know, if, if health dictates that he needs to rest and rehab and do whatever it is he needs to do, I think Michigan is totally fine running with uh, Donovan Edwards as, as RB1, and then you've got C.J. Stokes, and you've got some other guys in there. I mean, hell, you got Khalil Mullings that can come in there, run the ball, right. or throw the damn ball for that matter. You've got a lot of options back there to where you don't need to force the issue, but here's where I struggle with it. Blake Corm has been such a big factor and such a That's big it. part of this team. That's I don't it. want to see him not participate in the fruits of all of that labor. If he can go, I want to see him out there.
0: That's exactly where I was going to go. I think schematically, personnel-wise, you're you're good. You just don't want Blake to miss out. Like no. it's such a shame that he had the season he had through eleven games. I mean, two weeks ago he's out a Heisman
1: Trophy. I mean, we're 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 know, we're, we're already putting him in New York. That's the type of impact he's had on this team to just shut it down at this point at, at week twelve. I don't feel right about that. I feel right about it if if his health dictates that but if there is any chance that he can get back on the field and be effective that's what i want to see
0: yeah that's that's the toughest part man you just you just want you want him to be able to finish his season out you want him to be able to chase those numbers and you know get the recognition and the accolades he deserves par chicken i love the name thank you for joining in with us and yeah you'll you'll be watching for a while but you're in there we appreciate the donation thank you sir Or I guess power chicken could be a young lady.
1: Could be, could be. All right, here's a a burning question I have. That's It's kind of been pissing me off lately because I saw the narrative start to emerge as soon as Michigan beat the shit out of Ohio State. You had all these people that were super confident that wasn't going to happen, and now they're trying to find ways to get Ohio State back into the college football playoffs. So I'm just going to ask you, Brandon Brown, should Ohio State still have a shot at the college football playoff, or should that ass-beating at home to the wolverines basically take them out of contention.
0: All right, I have two ways of answering this question, Chris. I hope I hope both are acceptable. Sure. Resume-wise? No. Well, given how things look right now, TCU has to play again, USC has to play again. But USC has got the same record as Ohio State and they only lost by I think it was a point on the road at night against Utah. I don't think Utahs is as good as Michigan but the the loss is much closer first year coach like they were figuring some things out whatever that's their only blemish. Obviously TCU is undefeated they're you know they're one of the three you know still left standing so they're automatically in that top group. However, and this is this is where I always come back to because it's it's supposed to be a part of it. I don't know how big of a part the committee never really lets you know leads on too much. I'll, I'll I'll flip it back on you as I'm answering this because I think Ohio State beats TCU and USC. Yeah, so are cool. you are you looking for the four best teams to give you the best playoff scenario by eyeball and by talent and by what I think of them? Because then Ohio State is one of the four. But if you're going by getting your ass kicked by 22 at home versus what the other resumes look like, then then no, they don't belong.
1: Here's where I'm at. Had the game in Columbus played out differently, if Ohio State and Michigan went toe-to-toe and Michigan came out on top and won by seven or won by three and it was a close contest, then, yeah, I think maybe Ohio State might have a case to make, you know, seeing how all these conference championship games play out. That being said, that's not what happened on Saturday. Michigan beat the shit out of Ohio State in their own building, and based on the results from that game – I think Ohio State's out. You're done. You go up and you put up a performance like that with everything on the line. Michigan was facing the same set of circumstances, but the problem for Michigan is if they lose that game, they have zero chance of making the college football playoff, and the committee has made that clear. And so, If Michigan was facing that situation going in, to me, Ohio State was facing the same situation, got their ass beat, couldn't take care of business. They're out of the conversation, regardless of what happens with some of these conference championship games. It just doesn't sit right with me that after losing that badly, they can sit home, watch Michigan play in a conference championship game, and then still have a chance to go and yeah. play in a four-team playoff. Now, if the playoff was expanded to 12, sure, of course, Ohio State's going to be in there because they're certainly one of the you know five, six best teams in the country. But listen, I don't think Ohio – they're good – they're good until they get punched in the mouth and then they fold quickly. And so are they really one of the best teams in America? I think they're front runners. I think when they get up against legitimate opponents, this is not the, the Ohio State of the Urban Meyer era. They are a different team with Ryan Day. I'm not so sure that they are one of the top four teams in the country. So, yeah, I, I don't think they belong.
0: I mean, I don't think they're gonna make it. I don't think it matters. I think it's. I think they're out. I think.
1: I have just seen these wild scenarios where Buckeye fans are still trying to put Ohio State in, and it's like, how, with with what rationale? Doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, Michigan is gonna take on Purdue in Indianapolis this weekend for the Big Ten title game. Chris, the spread, it might be seventeen now. I thought I think I wrote down sixteen, but. Call it 16 and a half, 17 points, whatever it might be. That number, too high, too low. Michigan going to dust past it. I haven't, seen, I, I haven't seen Purdue play much this year. Purdue is one of those teams that like every year they win a game, they have no business winning. And I don't think they've done that this year. I don't think they're going to do it this weekend. But what are your thoughts on that number and how much Michigan is favored by in a title game?
1: Yeah, I mean, Purdue is 8-4. They had a close loss in week one to Penn State. I think they only lost by three. Um, They do have some solid wins. They beat uh, Illinois, who's proven to be a a pretty solid team. Um, And then they've got a veteran quarterback who's got 22 touchdown passes on the year. I mean, I I do think they will present some problems for Michigan. But, again, when you win a game like you won Saturday in Columbus – that's the type of game that just puts you on a different trajectory, and unfortunately, I think Purdue is going to find out the hard way on Saturday that Michigan is just on a different journey right now. They're on a different path. Um, I don't think they have the mental toughness that Michigan has. I certainly don't think they have the athletes that Michigan has. They don't have the coaching staff that Michigan has. So when you go across the board, it's check mark for Michigan in in pretty much every single category. And for that reason, I, I think Michigan's going to run run away with it convincingly.
0: I mean, we're talking about another 42 to three type of game like we saw last year against Iowa. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah. And and it might, you know, could be closer. It might, you know, I I don't know. You know, it could be more of like an Illinois type situation. I don't, I don't expect that, but across the board, Michigan has the advantage in every single category. And so for that um, and, and look, there's still a lot of people that doubt Michigan and doubt, who they are and what they're about. And so, you know, JJ McCarthy took the hat off division championship hat, took it off and said, jobs, not finished. Guys like us can sit up here and we can look past Purdue and we can talk about how Purdue is not going to be an issue. I guarantee you nobody inside that locker room feels the same way. So, you know, this whole one week at a time, don't overlook an opponent. I'm overlooking Purdue. I'm overlooking Purdue. I'm already making plans for the college football player.
0: Yeah. I think we should, I mean, you should. You should be doing that. Yeah. It's your turn, sir.
1: I'm a, a proactive. Oh, it is. <laughs> I was just about to talk how I'm proactive, and it's my turn. Oh, uh, wait, 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 wait. Where are we here? Let me ask you this, Brandon. Jim Harbaugh, one Mr. Jim Harbaugh. Is he the college football coach of the year again in 2022? 12 yes. 0 Michigan won it yes. last year. Is he going to repeat?
0: He should, because this year was more impressive than last year. Beating Ohio State like that in their house, winning the – I just – screw Purdue. Winning the Big Ten again, getting to the playoff, like, yeah. Yes, dude, you, that, you're the best coach in the country because you lost two first-round draft picks off your pass rush that everybody thought was – there's no way. There's no way they can replace those guys. Oh, you lost Mike McDonald to the NFL? Yeah, good luck replacing him. Oh, your Broyles award-winning offensive coordinator took a job in Miami. Yeah, good luck with that. Well, they're better across the board. Oh, yes. you
1: lost Aiden Hutchinson. You lost David Ojabo. You lost half your defense. Good luck. Them,
0: give them the hardware. Give them the hardware. Yeah,
1: yeah That that's where I'm and, and Second part to that question, I mean, have we officially wiped the slate clean? It was a tough start. It was a rough first five, yep. six years. Is that one of your burning questions? It's very close to what okay, I have. So then, so then we'll leave it. So we'll leave it for the, we'll leave it for you.
0: So I I worded it this way. A little stronger than the way you were getting to it right there, but I think essentially would create the same discussion. Does Jim Harbaugh have immunity now at Michigan?
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, and, and, and it's because I think he's built something special. I said this earlier in the show. I don't think it's you know, a a run of one or two or three years where they're really good, you know, kind of like what you saw with Michigan State, and then they fade away and they disappear. I think this run that that Harbaugh and the Wolverines are on is here to stay for the long term. And even in the event that they take a loss to, you know, an Ohio State or a Penn State down the road, I still think Michigan is going to be a factor year in and year out in the college football playoff, even when – you know, I know there's big changes coming to the conference. I know UCLA and you know, the, the, the USC, they're going to make some additions to the conference, and obviously it's going to be more competitive. I still think Michigan is going to be a factor in the college football playoff discussion, certainly when it expands. Um, they're just going to be in the mix for the long haul here. So, yeah, I think the slate is clean, and I think Jim Harbaugh has finally built what everybody hoped he would build Back in twenty fifteen, actually twenty fourteen, when it was first announced he was going to become head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. And then after that, you know, that first season, I think there was high hopes, ten wins there, even though they lost to Ohio State. This is what I think everybody envisioned a Jim Harbaugh Michigan football team would look like. And it looks pretty damn good.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna answer it a little bit like a dick, but
1: <laughs> surprising Brandon.
0: Did, didn't he already have it?
1: Well, from you know, from okay, there there was a segment of the fan base that was willing to give him a lifetime contract. I mean, you know, no matter what,
0: one of those people signed the paperwork. It doesn't matter. There is only one guy who, maybe two, I guess, president and AD.
1: I don't think so. I I mean, he had his contract cut in half. You know, they they were taking steps to, to to basically make a point that things need to change. And if things didn't change dramatically. You know, yeah. I mean, he did go and interview with the Vikings, and there was some, sm- you know, th- things happen. But fortunately, <laughs> after the COVID uh, year, not always. Well, listen, 2021 changed everything, and that program. They're just on a different trajectory right now than than what they were, and I don't know what spurred it on. I don't what that. You know, I know they talked about how guys like Aiden Hutchinson and some of these guys started taking culture seriously. They brought in a new coaching staff. Jim Harbaugh was a big part of that. I mean, <laughs> Brandon would have fired him. And, 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 and to be honest, I was I pretty damn close. Him. I was pretty close to. And I look at you can I've, you can look. I've never going to back down off of that opinion. Yeah, you can look back in hindsight and you can talk about how, but but listen, here's where I always go to that. Here's where I always go to that. If when Jim Harbaugh was hired in 20, you know, bef- let's say before he was even hired, before he even signed the papers, if somebody, if you're a fan out there and somebody had slid a piece of paper in front of you that said Jim Harbaugh was not going to win a Big 10 title and was going to go 0 and 5 against the Buckeyes in his first 5 seasons. Would anybody have signed their name and oh, said, Yep, let's no, sign up for that? No. I don't, you can say that now as a fan that you would because you know what happened in 2021 and what's happening now. But back then, I don't think there's a single fan that would have signed up for 0 5 against Ohio State with zero Big Ten titles through the first five years. And so, you know, that was justified. Feeling that way was justified because when Jim Harbaugh was hired, the expectation was. Big 10 championship. I even remember analysts on ESPN said, you know, Jim Harbaugh is now urban Meyer's biggest nightmare. Well, it turns out that wasn't the case. And so it didn't go according to plan, but the patience paid off. You know, how, now we're here in year eight, 12 and zero, headed back to Indy college football playoff, likely on the horizon. Everything is great now. But again, I don't think anybody would have signed up for 0 and five against Ohio state. Dude, zero it was trip Indy. None of it
0: that. was. It was 0 for against Ohio State. It was no trips to Indy. It was below 500 to Michigan State. It was 500 against all teams that are 500, and it was like and one in four or five four in goal
1: goals. Yeah, yeah.
0: This is what I, I just I just clapped back at somebody on Twitter about this today because somebody was like, "Oh no, you want to talk about Harbaugh like he's good? You don't get to do that." And I'm like, "Asshole! Yes, I do." I'm like, "Look." He can fall woefully short of expectations through the first six years and then absolutely kick ass over the last two. Like both of those things can be true. But if you're going to come at me and say like, look at what would have happened. You wanted him gone. You're damn right. I wanted him gone. I'll never say anything other than that.
1: Well, and can we also, justified. can we also draw a distinction between being a fanboy on Twitter well,
0: and yeah. being, I mean, being somebody
1: who actually has to cover the team and be impartial and do your job? Like, you can't like I I don't I don't think I really do a good job of remaining as <laughs> impartial as I should in my position because I've still I've still got a lot of that fan in me but when you when you do this for a living Let and you do this for JT a job
0: short stuff.
1: good yeah. stop, uh, well, yeah, stop I don't want I don't want to hear that uh when you do this for a living and this is your actual job the part of the job is to remain impartial. Actually, other people that are in the industry, if you're not like that, you're kind of viewed as a clown. And so I get that a lot of the fanboys out there want to give you a hard time. And, you know, there's certain like, uh, you know, barstool wannabes that are out there that are running Michigan pages that are, you know, their job is to be super fans and, 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 you know, to claim that they were always on board and yada, yada, yada. But the reality is Jim Harbaugh did not get the job done through the first five, six years. He's getting the job done now, and yeah. because of that, he deserves all the credit in the world for doing that. He got more time than Rich Rod got. He got more time than Brady Hope got. You know, it just is what it is.
0: Bottom line is he weathered a storm that college coaches don't even get a chance to weather, and he's capitalized on it. That's that's really the, that's the long and short of it. He got an opportunity to do something that college coaches don't get to do because the leashes are two to three years, not five or six And then since then, he's been incredible. I think both of those things can be true. You can talk about all the shortcomings through five or six years and then also prop up all of the incredible hires and the culture change and the recruiting wins and the structure of the team and the roster and the personnel at the same time. I'm surprised he got the opportunity to get to year six, seven, and eight or seven and eight. But he got them and he's been killing it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that both have happened. I I just don't understand why people have a problem with that. I don't know. It's always been a weird thing to me, but I'll, I'll never like, I, even at this point, I don't think what I said at that time was wrong. Like you, they cut his contract in half. They took out all these different incentives. Like they did everything, but fire him. And I think it was a lot of reasons, you know, COVID and all the weird stuff that was going on.
1: And he was interviewing for other jobs. Yes. Yes. I so mean, let's, that's go. awesome. Right. So let's acknowledge that too. Not going to anyway. go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> For fuck's I, sake. Think I think it's my turn.
0: We kind of uh, combined that one, but yeah, back to you, I believe.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to skip my question about how much of a concern Purdue is, because I think we already talked about them a little bit and I'm going to go to my final question, which okay. I think it's an important question. Given the news of today, um, the guy, obviously, you know, was a catalyst. We talked about some of that big change that occurred at the University of Michigan and in, 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 inside of that football program. He entered the transfer portal today. News broke earlier this afternoon. How should Cade McNamara's career at Michigan be remembered?
0: Completely in a positive light. I mean, I, there's, I said it a little bit at the beginning. Yeah, you said we'd kind of get into that later on. I mean. Dude, he did so many things last year that hadn't happened at Michigan in such a long time. And now, you know, you could go back and forth about the specifics of how much of it was him and how much of it was the rest of the team. But he did everything that he was asked to do and he did it at a high level. He took care of the ball. He made plays when plays were there. He was a leader. He, You know, he was good to JJ by all accounts. I I don't know how you would have any other... I don't know how you would have any other opinion of Cade McNamara other than a good one. Now... You know, is he the most talented quarterback in the country? Is he going to play for 15 years in the NFL? I don't think so, but he was really freaking good at 2021 at Michigan. He was a starting quarterback on a 12-2 and team that won a Big Ten title and that beat Ohio State and that made it to the playoff. I mean, he's a Michigan legend, dude. Buy him a beer if you see him in Ann Arbor.
1: <coughs> Excuse me. That's where I'm at. Michigan legend. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and, and the statement that Mike Saner still put out today about how yeah. – The only reason Mike Samer still is in Ann Arbor making incredible, you know, pass breakups that, you know, game saving plays in Columbus is because Cade McNamara reached out to him and said, come to Ann Arbor, flip your commitment, come, come be the change. And in, in a lot of ways they are and and were. And so for that reason, the role that he played. Now, was, was he the sole reason that Michigan went out and beat Ohio State in 2021? No. Was he the sole reason they won a Big Ten championship? No. But he was a big part of that, not just what happened on the field, but what happened in the locker room as well. And I I know it's got to be difficult for a guy to do all of that and then to come into the, the following year and still have to fight for your job. And he stuck it out and he fought for it and he fought for as long as he could. I think the season-ending injury probably, you know, that put any sort of damper on maybe a a potential comeback at the University of Michigan. I just think Cade McNamara, look, we've been clamoring for J.J. McCarthy for a long time because we believe he brings more to the table and gave Michigan a better chance to win in games. And I think you saw a lot of that against Ohio State, the way that he can operate inside of the pocket, but the way he also gets out of the pocket and can make a defense play with his legs, he just has another element that Cade McNamara didn't have. But, but damn it, Cade McNamara is a Michigan legend, and I wish him nothing but the best of luck wherever he ends up. And I have no doubt that there are several, several Power 5 programs lining up to go after Cade McNamara that want a quarterback like that on their roster. Good guy, good quarterback. Wish him luck. The, we
0: Michigan talked legend. about this earlier. Like, he should leave he absolutely yes. he's got a lot of football left in him go somewhere and play man and see what you can do he's not a
1: backup quarterback not no. at this point not after what he no. accomplished he's a starter
0: keep an eye out for Iowa Cade McNamara to Iowa
1: you heard Lord it he knows here. they could use a quarterback out there Jesus I feel like I could I could what's his name Petrus Pete Petri dish whatever the hell is I feel like I could play better at the quarterback position than that dude
0: Mike Sain was still was committed to Virginia tech before he flipped to Michigan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So.
1: And he did because of Cade.
0: There you go. There you go. Last. I, this, is this it? This, you're done now, right? Because you went first. This is it. Born. Yes. Yep. Okay. Last one, Chris. Hate to do it, but you know, it's coming. You know, it's going to be <laughs> talked about every freaking <laughs> year. Is Jim Harbaugh back in the mix for NFL jobs?
1: Nah. Nah, not now. He's having too much fun. He enjoys, I think he's thoroughly enjoyed what he's built at the university of Michigan. And, you know, I think when you're on the hot seat and where you're getting pressure and your contracts getting cut and things aren't going the way you want it to go. um, Yeah. I think you start to look around a little bit, especially when you have a decent year and you might be able to capitalize on that and not find yourself in a similar, similar situation the following year. Not at this point, man. Every time, we're around Jim Harbaugh, and you listen to him talk about his guys and how much love he has for the program and those guys, you're not going to get that in the NFL. And for him to walk away from finally building what he came here to build, I just don't see it happening. I think that this last, this last hurrah with the Vikings last year and, and some of those other interviews, I think that that was, that was it. I think when he said that was the last time, I think he meant that that was the last. Now, that doesn't mean that NFL teams aren't going to be interested And they're not going to pursue. But I don't think there's any chance Jim Harbaugh goes back to the NFL.
0: After last year, I was like, there's no way. Like, the ship has sailed. There wasn't as much interest in him as, as I thought there would be, given the year that he just had. And the one team that did actually show interest and fly him out pretty much said no thanks. I was like, that's it, man. He's done. Like, that year was incredible. I'm not really sure he can go up from there. Well, he went up from there. I, I, you know, he he went from eleven and one to twelve and zero, oh, and now he's doing like so. I I just never say never. I mean, I know how the dude's wired. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. He lost to his brother. That itch doesn't go away for it. We heard it today from multiple people about Jim Harbaugh being absolutely obsessed, obsessed with football and winning at the highest level. I just don't know if that ever goes away. I don't know how it does. I don't know how it does for a guy like that. There's no doubt in my mind that he is—he's happy as a pig in shit right now, dude. He's at Michigan, his alma mater. He's got his his kids in the same school that he went to. His parents live right next door. He's a god in Ann Arbor right now. He's got it roll. The program is built in his own vision. Like it can't get better than what he's got right now. But, but that it's just there dude it's just in him i don't think he'll go but i'm not, i'm I, i'm with you i think there will be some some nfl teams interested and the only thing that hasn't happened to him yet since he's been at michigan when it comes to the nfl he hasn't been offered a job
1: that we know of
0: he hasn't been
1: <laughs> he hasn't been <laughs> that we know of so
0: i don't know i i mean i don't think so either He's also not that young. I mean he's he's you know he's he's getting up to 60 plus. I think he's six, might be right at 60 years old now. I mean
1: there's that there's so, I mean where is he going to go? Where is he going to go where he is going to be as beloved by a fan base as he is here in Ann Arbor? I just even when things weren't going well there was a large segment of the fan base that still wanted lifetime contract. They want him in Ann Arbor. And now that the team is winning and performing at the level that everybody expected him to I I just don't, there's not another situation that you can go into that's going to be better than what he has here outside of that factor of wanting to win a Super Bowl, win at the highest level.
0: Does Jim Harbaugh feel love? Does he know what that is? I kind of feel like
1: he's certainly, he certainly seems like a guy who feels well. (laughs) Like, I mean, gushes about his play, told his players, reached over to Mike Samer still and Mike Barrett in the post-game press conference, told him he loved him, hugged him, and I think that. Again, when you're a recruit and you're looking at that, you know, you're you're on the outside looking in and you see something like that. And then you see Ryan Day, you know, at the end of the game, holding his head down and doing kind of like a half-assed OH before he walks <laughs> into the locker room dejected. I just, Sorry, there is a vibe right now with the Michigan football program. And I think they are just getting started. I don't think this is like the crescendo and then it's going to tilt back down. I think these guys are just getting started. You look at who they have coming back next year. They're loaded, man. They're loaded.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, there's no, there's, there's no question. It's not going to get it. It doesn't get any better than what he's got right now. I mean, there's, there's, there's no way to dispute that, but you know, guys at that level, they, they always chase the next biggest and that's something that has eluded him. And he's Owen one in that game, the biggest game he's 0 one. Uh, I mean, you see how much beating Ohio state means to him. I mean, that
1: I mean, he said it was the super bowl. He's like, we get to play it. in the super that bowl. Every year there. here. That would be the up super there with those yeah. things. So
0: anyway, I, I'm, I don't think he goes either. Um, I, I, I honestly think there's like a pretty good chunk of it from both sides. Like, I was shocked that there weren't more NFL teams interested in him last year after the year he had. I was like, I can't, you know, Josh. Mc, look at look at what Josh McDaniels is doing out for the. That's awful. Yeah. Like the like there were what was it eight or ten teams that hired a coach last year, and I remember saying like, I'd take and I. Everybody knows I'm not like a Harbaugh slap. I don't think he's like the most in, incredible coach in the world. I would have taken him over like seven or eight of the guys that got a job last year. And I just didn't, I thought he kind of got, you know, a little bit of a raw deal. Yes, that Cody, you're right. The NFL's going young with these, these, you know, kind of brainiac offensive guys. I mean, look at like, you know, uh, Mike, was oh, it Mike, no, Matt McDonald, Matt McDonald down in Miami and Sean McVay and you know, Sirianni and Philly, these guys that have a kind of a different, you know, they're in their thirties. All they care about is offense type of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Jim's not exactly that kind of guy, but. Dude could still coach some ball, dude. There's no doubt he would be doing a better job than several of these guys out there right now. I don't, I don't think there's any question.
1: I think he's going to be in Ann Arbor for a long time. Well, long
0: we've time. we've just certainly discovered that if he wants to be, he can be. There's no, there's no if fans or butts when it comes to that. So, oh, CJ Hurdy's interviewing in Indy <laughs> while he's in town.
1: That's why he was so determined to get back to the Big Ten Championship, just so that the interview wouldn't seem weird while he was out there. I'll just
0: make a quick stop off to of Jim Ursay's house and say what's up. <laughs> Mike McDaniel, there it is. Did I call him McDonald? I don't know how his name is. I was going to say Mike McDonald. I'm like, that's. I know that's not right. Mike McDaniel. There you go. Oh, <clears> throat> throat> I want to yeah. say, first of all, thank you to everybody who was here because I think this was the biggest show we've had be outside of the post game shows. Those always blow up a little bit, but as far yeah. as, as far as a Monday show goes, we were hovering around that 400 mark for almost the whole show. That's incredible. So yeah, thank you guys
1: for watching. Very much appreciative. Very things. much appreciative. And now, you know, we got, we got fan led Wednesday coming up and then we've got the Friday show. And then dude, Saturday yeah. right back on the road, road dogs, Heading down to Indy, you know. Chris, is there weekend. gonna be
0: is there gonna be any dumpster diving this year?
1: <laughs> did we talk about that? We did. I don't oh, think yeah. I'm gonna be, I don't think I'm gonna be diving in any dumpsters this year. No, Hold trash, that thought. no trash. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh no, you got a bag. You got a bag of trash.
0: <laughs> I don't know if we ever talked about this this specifically, but I don't care now.
1: We found some goodies. Oh, no.
0: This is Jim Harbaugh's halftime speech from the Big Ten Championship. Do you know
1: how many people it's going to kill that you have that? There it was laying on the sideline right there in Indy. Brandon and I are walking on the field, and lo and behold, it's Jim Harbaugh's halftime speech to the team. And, oh, by the way,
0: Aiden Hutchinson's finger rap.
1: Now well, see dead. can you can you call that dumpster diving? can you call that dumpster diving? to me that's like that's big time memorabilia right there Look at that thing look at that thing That's war attire right there <laughs> <laughs> You see that just goes to show all you kids out there listen. Don't be afraid to dig in the trash. You never know what you might find. You never know what you might find. Don't read it. Just keep it to yourself. Okay. Special words.
0: (laughs) I'm just saying, might have to do a little dumpster diving. A little bit. Little see there. Brandon's
1: big trash can with Brandon's legs sticking out. I'll try to get a good photo of that. Listen, if we're gonna go do you
0: wanna talk about what you
1: almost took? No. <laughs> we're gonna stop there. Brandon kept fine. Listen, Brandon kept finding gold, and I was like desperate for anything. I was seeing there was a there was like a- no, I'm not gonna go there. No. You we'll gotta do it now. We'll say we'll, save- we'll save it for another show. <laughs>
0: Oh man. Man, oh man. And I
1: just more incentive was, to tune into future shows. It may how, come out. How
0: nice was I to you? You were almost crying. It was so bad after the game. Well, you, you kept finding
1: I, I, shit, and I kept coming up with like I was about to keep Tylenol packets. That's how desperate I was. Tylenol packets from like the coach's room. I was like, did Harbaugh take Tylenol half time? Ripped open worth Tylenol packets do I take like two out of the sink what do I take here Chris was smearing chaw
0: on his like battle paint from Harbaugh's sink I needed I something. I gave I gave Chris Mike Morris's mouthguard
1: Mike Morris's mouthguard Michigan yeah. branded that's what I got out of it
0: I had I felt bad Chris I wasn't sure he was gonna make it home
1: yeah your boy was hurting your boy was hurting
0: what a time to be alive. We'll be back Wednesday night. Bring your questions. Bring your <laughs> bring your friends. Bring a drink.
1: Some snacks.
0: Just, just bring it. Bring snacks. Bring it all.
1: Bring it all. Bring everything. 7
0: on. o'clock Wednesday night. We'll be here. You be here. It'll be a good time. Thanks for listening for an hour 33, dog. Woo! Good Lord. We got to get out of here. All right. We'll Appreciate see you on Wednesday. Y'all.